Welcome to Risky Thoughts with Rob and Roy. I'm Rob. And I'm Roy. Good evening or good day, depending on what time you're listening to this at, everybody. I wanted to sort of tonight open up a discussion on uh, some feelings I have towards people in my life that I've known for an extremely long period of time that I always consider to be family-esque to me that I've grown distant from over the last few years, maybe the last five, six years. Um, I've been friends with a particular group of individuals for probably close to 30 years now. It's been about 25-ish years. And um, a long time ago, when we were all really, really tight-knit and hanging out together and you know doing what kids do together, um, I felt as though I was sort of in the midst or right in the center of the group along with everybody else. I was sort of like the group coordinator that always made the phone call, say, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? And try to like make events happen. And at some point, I don't know when exactly this happened, but I was sort of displaced from the group, partially because of my own decisions to go and, you know, make friends elsewhere and hang out with people that weren't part of the group and it sort of took me out of the group for periods of time and I was a transient member of the group because of this so I was hanging out a lot with them for basically an indefinite period of time and then I like sort of just injected these other people into my life and I started spending time with them and I'm going to use the term neglect with respect to my core group of friends and I do feel a level of guilt towards the fact that it was my own volition that sort of removed me from the group. But there were always times where I felt like, you know, I can always just go back. They're like my family, you know, I can always come back. And the one thing I really want to focus on tonight in the discussion is sort of how I feel about them now that we're all adults and, you know, contributing members of society and how I feel my opinion of the group has changed. And I want to start by saying that in the event that any one of them happened to listen to this conversation... I just want to start by saying I don't mean any prejudice against anybody in the group. I don't have any hateful feelings towards anybody, but I am going to say some things that may sort of offend some people. Well, it's your experience and you're entitled to share your experience by law, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. And I mean, outside of the law, there's obviously like the moral code of amongst the group of friends. Yeah. And I hope they don't perceive me as betraying them by having this conversation online and on air. I mean it with the best of intentions, and I do hope that I can repair a lot of the relationships that have fallen apart that we're going to sort of unpack now along the conversation. So I'll start by saying that we were a group of kids that at a young age were determined by the government of Ontario that we were intelligent and we belonged to a program that was tabled as the PACE program, which is basically advanced placement for children. Um, we started our PACE program in grade five. That was the first year that we were all in the same class. And we basically remained in the same class through elementary school. And then half of us split to go to a different high school. And then the rest of us stayed together in high school. And because the bond obviously had developed so strongly, we actually remained very good friends right through university. And then that's when things sort of start to, we kind of take separate paths, right? And uh, when we were together in this advanced placement class, there were so many positives that came with it. We built some really, really good relationships. Like I said, I consider them family. And, um, you know, we 
really had a level of competition when it came to like intellect and academia. You know, we were always pushing each other to do better. Maybe subconsciously, I don't know. I wasn't really like, a, oh my God, I'm going to beat you. But it was there, right? There was competition, which was great as well. It definitely helped me advance uh, in that capacity. But what also developed as a function of this, and this is where the conversation is really about tonight, is two things happened. One, because we were in advanced placement, there was sort of a natural um, displacement of our position in the social realm as being the nerds, right? Because of, oh, you're the nerd, you're the pace kids, right? Like that was sort of, so you weren't really going to be part of the cool kids group necessarily. I mean, I guess you could have taken that path, but we didn't. Uh, so we were sort of on the fringe of the social circles. Nobody really disliked us, but we weren't the cool kids either. We definitely didn't get the attention. So I think that automatically developed sort of some ideas or some concepts of resent that we may have produced ourselves in our heads towards you know the cool kids groups um do you feel just to kind of elaborate here is like do you feel that your group had some inkling or proclivity to be cool kids or did you do you feel that they wanted no, to be cool i don't think or so were they happy with who they were and what they well that's a complicated question to yeah. answer and i don't think we're gonna have enough time in sure. one episode to go through all of that because yeah. that's a much deeper dive absolutely but i will say that you know uh, there obviously as individuals we have natural tendencies to lean one way or the other yeah, yeah. some of, of us and i will say that i was one of the kids that seeked external validation and wanted the social attention which is partially why i was the one that separated from the group to go go hang out with you know different cliques that i normally wouldn't have associated with what i will say as a general consensus is that you know this is not to be prejudiced anywhere or another but because we were academics there's a sort of a reason for that like all of our parents were relatively strict parents that wanted to make sure that we did well academically so by nature of that i think that you know we we weren't really programmed to want to be part of the cool kids you know what i mean we 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 wanted to still do what we were taught to do as young youngins and um so on that front like i said i it's a hard question to answer directly but yes, of course, some of us wanted to hang out and be cool kids and get external validation. Others were comfortable being who they were. Others were probably not comfortable with who they were, but didn't know how to express themselves and get themselves into the cool group, like the true nerd that you think they're typically, right? There was a mix of all that in us. And so that being said, the, the second part that sort of came with the territory is that we all got smarter together. And because we were a group that was sort of isolated from the rest of the community, the social community, we had to form some form of a defense mechanism, right, uh, to accept our role. And one thing that manifested as a function of that was our perspective was like, oh, we had to really believe in ourselves as being intelligent. That was the, the crutch that we all had to lean on. And because of that, we would make comments like, oh, I fucking hate stupid people. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, how could you understand this? What the hell's wrong with you? You know, this was like the early stages of what I believe happened to all of us as we got older and older and older. Um, and so I think where we progressed once we left high school and got into university, where I think everybody can agree that university is generally a much more forgiving space for your social status, because it's kind of like a reset button. Nobody knows who you are. And um, I also think people in university are also inclined to be academics by nature as well, for the most part. Uh, and there's a lot more respect provided to you for being a good academic in university. You're not shunned for that. In high school, you get like shit on 
for being the smart kid, right? Like, oh, you're such a nerd, that kind of shit. And then, obviously, even further than that, once you get out of university and you're out of the academic world completely, you're into the workspace, in the work world, you're even more appreciated for being diligent with your your business, you know, for doing what you do. Um, because you, you, you receive sort of recognition for doing well in the professional space. So I think what happens, and it's not unique to me or my friends, is that as we uh, sort of succeeded in the professional world, um, we started all occupying positions of authority over sort of everybody else, right? And it's sort of like that cliche that when you watch a movie, like, oh, the cool kid grows up and becomes the janitor, and the nerd grows up and becomes the CEO. Now, it's not to that extreme. None of us are that successful, but we are in relatively comfortable positions in society. And I feel as though there's been this undertone of resent towards the the mainstream cliques and it comes out inappropriately through my group of friends and I think that there's a lot of judgment that is made. I think when people outside of the group enter into the domain where we are comfortable, there's a lot of like, you know, if the person that's joining the group is not witty and, in, and an intellect, there's like a natural like judgment and sort of belittling of the individual Hmm. it's like we don't give them the respect even though they're just another person you know okay they didn't grow up with the opportunity to be as you know exposed to academia as you so what right who cares if the person isn't a successful person in the professional world and i can guarantee you that if my friends listen to this they would be like i'm not like that you are and i am i'm consciously working on that every single day and i would assume that you if you knew or you were aware or mindful of that personality trait you would also work on it because i know deep down they're all good people but i can say with certainty that you know there was a period of time where i was out there dating a whole bunch of different girls and i will always remember there was one girl that i was dating that was definitely not the smartest person or didn't project intelligence she actually was pretty smart um and my friends happened to meet us at a bar one night and her grammar and her syntax and her sentences wasn't great. And, you know, they ridiculed her for it. Not to her face, but they ridiculed her about it behind the scenes. And this mm-hmm. is what they do to each other. It's like such a weird dynamic in that group because even amongst themselves, they're critical to each other. And they talk shit about each other behind their backs. And I participated. I'm not saying I'm innocent. I was also a culprit in this. Um, I probably still am. Like when I see these people, I will say shit that I probably shouldn't say. But the point I'm trying to make is that there is an arrogance that exists and a, a, a level of judgment that they pass down on people that don't meet their caliber, air quotes, um, of in- intellect. And that is something that frustrates me. And the reason why it frustrates me is part of it is that I have definitely been ostracized from the group. I definitely get judged by them. And it can be painful because this is people that you are like their family to me, like I said. So when you get judged by family, which I'm sure you know all about, um, it's a very deep cut. You know what I mean? When they start making comments, and a lot of the comments are rooted in their best judgment of who I am as a character, but I haven't seen these guys or really hung out with them in like five to six years, so a lot has changed in that time frame. And, you know, it's just like, okay, now I see what these people... So there were other people I brought into the group as well that would have... That sort of said to me, these are your friends? Like, they're so judgy. Mm. With, like, what what the hell's wrong with you and, and your friends? And I was like, no, they're not. Like, they're, they're not like that at all. But now that I was on the receiving end of some of their judgment, um, I definitely felt it firsthand. And I completely took a step back and said, okay, wait a minute. 
let me try to really stop and listen to the conversations that happen in this group. Let me listen to what they have to say about other people. And I was like, holy fuck, wow, they really are a judgmental group. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it comes from a place of resent or not. And this is what I want to sort of talk about tonight because I want to help understand my, like I want to help myself understand where does it come from? Why does it happen? Mm -hmm. uh, how can they better themselves with respect to that? And also, if you're on the receiving end of the criticism, how can you learn to deal with it, which in this case would be myself? Um, how do you learn to accept that criticism or that judgment um, and, and have an understanding that perhaps the reason that they are judging you is strictly because there's a projection outward of an insecurity that they may be feeling inside themselves that could come from a younger age or whatever the case is. So that's the story, and I'm curious, Roy, to hear, you know, what do you think about this? Um. So, yeah, when Rob was kind of, like, disengaging from his original, like, kind of friend group, he met a bunch of stupid people, and, like, I was one of those stupid people. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we did, we both did go to engineering together and stuff like that, but, like, I was the guy in the class who was just, like, holy shit. Like, I, too, also got that I jumped a couple of I, I jumped a grade in math you know what I mean and um but when it came to university I just did not have like the skills and discipline to really excel at that and then when you see other people who are just killing it with less work it it definitely shatters your confidence you know what I mean and um and then you hear comments just like Rob said and we were on Omegle just now and it's that same line I hate stupid people, you know, like even, you know, you're driving outside and somebody makes a mistake. I hate stupid people. And like my main concern with that is definitely like, uh, and before we even get to that, I definitely want to kind of make some comments about your story. Right. And, um, you know, we're at an age now where this is normal. Like we're starting to notice how different like our our friends are you know what i mean and you know i think the key point here is that you know you're saying that they're like family right and let's just say that again they're like family right um yeah. and you only have a few of these people and this is there's definitely like it's not a contention against your, your story and their um the energy you're noticing about these people it's just like they're becoming they're you know they are kind of like your family right and like as we go grow older i think one thing that even i did just to kind of help relate is that i too was that guy that just jumped from group to group to group you know building kind of like relationships um but they were very like they were not rich relationships like the one you have that are filled with pain and you know even this judge judgmentalness and uh and, you know, I've lost a lot of friends, too, because I didn't maintain those relationships. And, you know, it's harder for us to go out now and meet new people because it's just like that temporal aspect of it, you know. So I just the, the point here is this like my advice would be like, yeah, like and it's, it's along with what you're saying is like you, you, that needs to be resolved. Right. And like, how does it get resolved? I think it's just like, you know, conversation with these people. Right. And I'm not saying you need to resolve it. I'm saying they have that energy. It's not your job to change it. But, you know, um, I think it is a good thing to get it out. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, obviously, it's not like I haven't 
tried. I still see them occasionally. Yeah. And when I do see them, I am really making an effort to try to, like, contain the part of me that they judge the most. Yeah. And it's understandable why they judge that part of me, because it's not a pretty part of me. No. You know, it's an arrogant Rob. It's a reckless Rob. It's yeah. And it's like everything they're not. Well, yeah. yeah, that's also very true, yeah. right? Like, that was the part of the group that I contributed, right? Yeah. Like, I brought that energy. And it's not always good. It's not always bad. But it does have, like, an irritating part of... of, of it's a difficult part of my personality to accept. Yeah. Right? And there are, I'll say, two people specifically. One, for sure, that I'm at odds with 90% of the time. Um, and I don't want to be. You know, I don't what I don't want. We we have very different belief systems. You can even say politically, and maybe it's not politically, but we are very like. I'm definitely very right wing. This individual is very left wing, and that does make it more difficult to maintain a consistent friendship because obviously we're going to be at ends yeah. when it comes to different discussion points. Um, and I am a very argumentative person. That's the other part that is difficult to accept of Rob. And that's the part where they are like, oh, here we go again, right? Like, that's the sort of the comments that get made. And even though it's like, I understand why you're saying that, you know. Uh, and so I've really made an effort. That is the one thing I have made the most effort on, is ensuring that I'm not as argumentative as I typically am. I'm far more receptive to hearing what they have to say and just being like, okay, yeah, cool, I understand that. And even though there's a part of me that's like dying to scream, no, you're wrong, I really try to contain it. Mm. Right. But it's it's even though I've been making this effort for years now, it's still not perceived that way because like, you know, someone might say the word Trump at the table and they know that at the time I was like pro Trump and and they're like, oh, don't don't like don't get Rob started. You know, it's like, well, I'm not getting started because I haven't really been getting started in years, guys. I haven't yeah. been that aggressive when it comes to these types of discussions in a long time. I specifically do it because I know it irritates you guys. And yeah. that's the part that is the most frustrating is that like. I try to do it from a place of care because I really don't want them to feel as though I'm making their night worse by adding my bad energy. Yeah. So I really try to contain it. And then I'll, at one point I will slip and I'll say something really aggressively and they'll just be like, Oh my God, you know, here it's okay, guys, I'm yeah. sorry. Like I didn't mean to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the part that really burns my, my chops about that situation is that the counterpart to that individual is somebody who was, one of my closest friends, you know, um, and it really, it really bothers me that I'm not close with that individual anymore. It really, really bothers me. Um, I make efforts occasionally. I'll reach out randomly just to check in to see how things are going. I'm very disappointed in myself that they have two children together and like, I've just been absent from their life, you yeah. know, and I feel bad. I feel bad because I, that's, Having a child is a big deal, and I should be there for them in that capacity, or at least in that regard. You know, I. Anyway, I don't want to go down too far down that road. I do want to kind of really focus though on like, why are they so judgmental? Yeah. Why am I so judgmental? Why are people in general? Yeah, and so obviously, like the uh, the story you brought up is like you know, there's definitely the smart people, which I think are even more discerning than anyone. Right, they're very hypercritical on everything, but every single friend group has this kind of nature where there is this judgment that's being passed. Like, um, you know, I'm a spiritual dude, and I'm a Roman Catholic, and I'm not like a believe. I don't believe in 
like some super fish, you know, supernatural God, but I do believe in some version of a God, right? And he, it's more of like a Game of Thrones esque thing that like he resides only on this plane, you know what I mean? Or it, or this idea right. that's like transcendent. Um, and you know, God, he made us like himself, and God's the ultimate judge, so we are all naturally just gonna keep judging each other, and now. It's very important not to judge because when you judge, it's like the whole world judges you type of deal. That's the energy that comes out when you're judging, judging, judging. Then you're kind of perceiving as people are judging me. And then that's how you start to live your life. You know, fuck people at the end of the day. Right. You know, you know, and where it comes from, I think, is like a um, it's definitely an insecurity. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you mentioned to me when we were talking about this before off the mic, um, you brought up Carl Jung and the the idea of projections. Yes. So I really kind of want to just talk a little bit about that for a bit because this is essentially what you're referring to when you say it's yeah. their insecurities. You're obviously suggesting what I had initially said before, which was that their insecurities are finding a way to manifest and project back outward yeah. towards others. Yes. Right? And I that is very true. You know, yeah. I think all of us are victim to that. Yeah. So what, 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 like, what is? So it's it's as simple as when you hear someone say, "I hate stupid people," I hate stupid people. It's you hate the stupid person in yourself. You know, that's mm-hmm. and and the reality is like we're all stupid. We're all just fucking dumb. Like to to stand up on stage and do all these kind of movements and stuff like that and preach that you know something and that this is the right course of action and this is the right way is like it's so delusional you know it's like there's no humbling at all that to realize that you know i am stupid and the danger here and so to kind of keep building out this space of like a projection is just like the parts that of of you and this is according to the carl young kind of perspective and i've i've done a lot of reading i've pretty much read like at least four or five books on and listen to the audio books and just Jordan Peterson kind of talking about it. It's just like the parts of you that are like underdeveloped or you remember what we talked about shoving them down to like, you know, when you were a kid, you had to have some certain behaviors like squash out of you. And it's like, maybe your parent was just kind of like, you know, like, don't be stupid. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it's just like that part of you, that's stupid. That's just a little rat. That rat brain, that monkey brain that we're all we all are, is kind of like it wants out, right? Yeah. And it projects it onto other people. So when you see people doing things that you hate about yourself, you're you're actually calling them out. And this happens a lot in relationships. It happens in friends groups, um, and it it comes it, it you know it all has to do in like the child rearing the developmental phases like you know you guys were the smart people you know so at the end of the day it's just like you know you had to get things right so, you know 100 percent on your test 100 percent on the test you know what i mean and you know anything else is just like to see like a red like an f is like you know they're casting the f's on everyone you know so actually that what i what i like about that little idea there is that if you and I don't, it'd be interesting to do an experiment on this or to look into the statistics behind it. I can only speak for the group of friends that I'm referring to right now. But what's interesting is that they are, 
the smart ones, you know, and they are hypercritical with each other, right? And I wonder if you were to take every group of friends, like even if you take the Big Bang Theory, the television show as an example, yeah. look at the dynamic in that group. This is a, like the hyper-intelligent people, but look how critical they are to each other. Yeah. And I wonder if the writers of that show actually considered the realities of like, the nerdier you are or the more, I mean, like the... The more academic you are at a young age, there's obviously a higher probability that you're going to be socially outcasted. I wonder if there's a higher probability as well that you are going to be super judgmental amongst your group of friends, right? Because these guys are projecting, they've they've taken a lot of mental abuse, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a lot to dish back out. Yeah. So if we're going with this philosophy of projecting, yeah. there's lots to project. Yeah. And and like looking at the hyper like the hyper judgment that happens amongst themselves, it's yeah. just like holy shit, guys! Like you know, you want to talk so poorly, or you want to say something that's like gossipy about people that you've known for twenty five years. Yeah. And I get that you guys have all accepted that you do it to each other, and there's kind of just like this acceptance of that idea. I really am curious to know if that is a direct function of this idea of projections happening. And I wonder if all smart groups that get together all have this kind of gossip shit happening in the background where they're talking smack about each other, right? Because they would all have the insecurities to back up yeah. or to be acting as the ammunition for the projections. Yeah. And like I said, I think I think all groups do it. All. Right. You know, it, it and, you know, the TV is just a manifestation of like the reality. It's just you know, that's what's interesting. We want to hear the gossip. We want to hear, we want to see the battle of like people's, the status in your group. You right. Know, you know what I mean? And it's just like casting the judgment is like, you know, that's what solidifies your position in the hierarchy of the group. Right. So there's two things I want to get to. One we can try to do really quickly. The other is going to be a little bit like sort of like the next part of this conversation you said the idea here to resolve this matter is to confront the situation. Mm-hmm. What does, in your opinion, because I have my own opinion on this, what does your confrontation look like? What does dealing with this look like to you? If you're in my shoes, how do I go to this group of friends and resolve the issue? Like in a very specific sense. Yeah. You said just have a conversation with them, sure, but what does the conversation look like? What do you say? I think it's a. It looks similar to what we do here. <laughs> like honestly, just talk it out. We just talk it out until something manifests. Right? So, is there like an expression of an exchange of feelings, perhaps, as part of that conversation? I, I think it always depends on like the, the person. Um, having had a lot of not. I was someone who did not like difficult conversations. This is something that they teach you in some corporate thing. I think I most learned. people don't like difficult conversations, no, just for the record. People do not like difficult conversations because they're ugly. Right. Right. And um, it, you have to be, first of all, brave to say, listen, I think you guys are like very judgmental, you know, um, and it's a problem with you and not anyone else 
and like maybe you need therapy like le- legit honestly. i know but like that's gonna come off as being pretentious and that i'm a know-it-all and that well, like you know it feels it, it kind of like puts me i'll be perceived as being the typical rob yeah. that just is a know-it-all yeah. and arrogant and i think what my approach this is how i kind of play out in my head is to go in there first apology with apologies yeah to just be like look i'm sorry for being you know, difficult to deal with at times. And I understand we have our differences. And I'm at a point now where I want to reconcile those and I want to make sure that we're all good because I do love all of these people and I want to make sure they understand that. So I think I would open first sort of softly with that. At some point, you're right. Well, I actually, now I want to reconsider it. It's like, that's how you would deal with it if you needed to deal with it. But I think it's just like, number one is like, deal with yourself. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Fix yourself. Right. Like, um, <coughs> the problem is, is like, you know, it's very difficult to change people and, but you can change yourself easier. So like you recognizing these things that you don't like, um, and it makes you feel kind of not valued in the group, then that's, you know, when you should voice those things out. Right. Um, at the end of the day, and this is all based on you, right? You know, like, do you want to be part of this group? You know what I mean? And it's like, does this group, are they in line with what Rob believes are the main goals? So I, I don't life? even think it's about that because yeah. you're right. Answering the first question kind of helps you with the second part of what you're saying here. Yeah. Do I think I want to be part of the group? Well, I think I kind of like, I'm the kind of person that likes being part of every group, yeah. but... Am I expecting to be like back in their lives every day again? No. Mm-hmm. But even if I were to never see these people again, I think I would still be, I would feel better if I at least expressed to them the honesty of like how I feel about the situation. Mm-hmm. And even if it meant, you know, you know, I come forward, I express myself, we exchange things, things get resolved. And then by chance, not by 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 our own actions or by our own choices... But just we're busy in life and we don't happen to see each other. I'd be okay with that. But at least I would feel resolved with the relationship with people that I actually care about. And if I did see them every day, so be it too as that as well. Like I'd be okay with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, I think I'm I'm content with, with sort of the actions from my position on this. And also for anybody else perhaps dealing with something similar. These are just recommendations and ideas that Roy are exchanging. Uh, Roy and I are exchanging here. The other part of it is the flip side. What about people who are, I guess I am taking the position of the person who is being judged, but what about people in general, like, because I've gone out and, you know, hung out with all these different groups now, there are times where if I bring over, you know, the kids who were in high school that were like the pot smokers and, you know, they were the cooler kids. Whenever I try to bring these two groups together, there's always friction and there's always this like immediate separation you know like if you have a long picnic table mm-hmm. the cool kids all sit at one side together the other kids sit at this side together and at some point if there's ever an exchange between the two groups there's always judgment being passed and it abruptly ends the interaction between the two groups and they go back to living in their own worlds mm-hmm. that's frustrating for me because i do have all these different types of people in my life that i like and when i want to have a group event where i have everybody present mm-hmm. it it's kind of irritating that i can't have them I can't have cohesion in the party. Yeah, you know, it's I like can't. A, what's that type of mixture? <laughs> you know, there's like a. Well, like oil on top of water. It's like on the insoluble. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I'm just curious on how to bring the people who are the cool kids. How do you make them feel less like they're being judged? How can they help themselves feel like they're less being judged? That's a better way of asking the question. Yeah, that's that's a very difficult one, and I don't really have an like a particular answer to that. It's like it, it comes down to your self confidence and your self worth. But these I mean? are the kids who had like an endless confidence, unlimited yeah. confidence when they were teenagers. But they don't have any more now. <laughs> well, because they've been ostracized in so many regards, yeah. right? And like, yeah, I get it. It's about developing your own internal confidence. I understand that, yeah. but that's a very vague statement to make and like a very, you know, like, what does that even mean? What does it mean? Like, yeah. oh, go, just go get confidence and come back. Like, it's so, that's condescending yeah. in itself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know. Just you're shitting exactly. on them again. So it's just like, how yeah. do we, how do they... And, like, I'm not saying that yeah. they, they all are like this, yeah. but there are people who have a very difficult time assimilating in groups because they always feel as though they're less than the people around them. So, and, when I was in, like, my, um, in that little kind of phase of my life where I was not doing anything and took about, like, two years, you know, um, so I went to start, like, kind of looking for work and trying to get back on track and stuff, and I went to one of these, um, like, you know, like, I guess there's, like, resume writing things right yeah. and there's this one girl and she was just non-stop like i can't do this i can't do that and you know I, I i'm not good at anything i tried to do this and i embarrassed myself and like everyone thought i was stupid and shit like that and like i like point i just stood up in front of the whole room and these are all very nervous people but i'm just like I'm a stupid person like that where I just start talking <laughs> if I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. And I just like looked at her and I'm because I'm, I'm I'm gauging people. That's what I do. Right. You know, what I mean, we me and you both read people very well and try to really find out what this person is good at, what part they can play in the group. And it's just like, you know, one thing you can do like, ma'am, it's like you listen very good. Very you know well. what I mean? And very well. <laughs> you listen very well. And like. I don't know. This is like a glow on her face. Right. And it's just that's her skill. The reality here is just that like, you know, we are animals. Right. And we are tribal animals and we're social animals. And somehow your genetic code made it this far. It means that you have some role in the group. Right. And I think me and you, we join different groups and we call people up and we try to like get people together. We're the glue. You know what I mean? Um, I was in a, um, one of my bosses told me like, I'm an INFP. So I'm like a mediator. That's, that's essentially what I'm really good at. Like meeting two sides of things, meeting in the group. So, so hold on, before you go any farther there, I just want to introduce the idea. You said INFP. Yeah. This obviously comes from the personality tests. The Myers-Briggs. Right. So right. very quickly, cause we are running a little bit out of time. Yeah. What is an INFP? Obviously I, I know what an INFP is, but what is an INFP for the listeners? It means like I'm a feeler. I'm an, what is the acronym? It's I know it's, it's introvert, it's introverted, feeling. Uh, so it's I an introverted. So I N stands for introverted, and then F means feeling, and then prospecting of some sort. I, I don't really understand it. I just know that like I live my life and I make my decisions based on my feelings. Right. You know, when I start trusting my feelings rather than the logic and thinking that everybody was so good at, that's when my life started getting a lot better. Right. So when I trusted my gut, so certain humans need to trust their gut, you know, it can be misleading 
and you want to use rationale and logic and thinking, some people can think their way out of it. Like, like an Elon Musk, he's just like, okay, let's take the Delta here. Okay, this is the amount of time we need to spend on this project. Okay, move it to this. I need to trust my feeling, right? And that's where a person like me and you excel at with creating groups and right. creating friends and bring people together. I met a lot of people through you. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's what it is, INFP. And it's like, it's a, it's a long journey to find these things, right? But you have to actively kind of try to find out what makes you, you. Every part, every person, my, my logic here and my kind of philosophy is that every person's valuable, right? In the group. And it takes like a leader to find out like what that person's good at, right? And my boss told me, you're an INFP because I had to write it. I had to figure out how to, you know, I had to do this personality test. And, um, you know, he just told me, he's like, yo, you're a weak personality. Right. And like, that's just the way the world is now. It's just like personalities like our, us who are social people, creators, you know, creatives, you know, um, we're just not valued as much as thinkers. Right. And, uh, you know, my, my first suggestion to you guys, if you've never heard of the Myers-Briggs, is go take the Myers-Briggs because it will give you some qualities and they would kind of embellish those qualities to kind of make you feel a little bit more confident. So, yeah, and yeah. the Myers-Briggs also was inspired through the work Carl of Young. Carl Jung. Yeah. So, and obviously you're a big fan of Carl Jung. Yeah. I want to close the episode out um, very nicely here by sort of talking about you because... You are a good example in my mind of somebody who has been able to go on a journey of being the uncomfortable individual in the group that's sort of the, you know, you had the social anxiety type issues. And um, looking at you now is just like I said this on another, another episode of this podcast, but like I'm proud to be a friend to see you sort of change to who you are today. And you are somebody now, you're not fully there obviously but you are way more confident with yourself and you're far more capable of being in a group setting with others who may not necessarily be people you normally hang out with and associate yourself with and that's a great that's mm -hmm. a great thing and yeah. i i wanted to say that from my perspective i feel as though you got there through self-reflection that's the nuts and bolts of yeah. you know you've read and you've you've kind of it's funny because you trust your feelings but you did do a lot of technical research on these personality Absolutely. types. Yeah. Um, and I think that you've played your cards to sort of suit how this Carl Jung philosophy um, tells you how you should act to get to where you want it to be. Exactly. And, and and I hope others out there can go on the journey that Roy went on. If you are a quiet type of person, if you are the introverted type of person, and you are the type of person that doesn't feel comfortable in groups, um, you know, Reach out to us on Instagram at riskythoughts.to. Roy can share a lot of wisdom from his experiences on that front. And um, yeah, we we ultimately want this conversation and every other conversation to be as productive as possible yeah. for people listening. So No, for sure. I just want to leave like one little topic here um, that maybe we can explore one time, but just also end it too. It's just... Um, in society, like, uh, there's this term called the alpha, right? And we always thought, and you may even see men nowadays parade themselves as like with their chest pumped and they're physically, you know, um, robust and, you know, they're making money and doing all this type of stuff and they're making decisions and, you know, they're, 
the reality is, is that there's two types of alphas, right? And one of those alphas is, like you said, you know, uh, like I said, you know, kind of in control of the group by force and ridicule and fear. But the reality is there's another type of alpha. And this is the same person who coined the term alpha. So this is like a scientific, um, it's coming from a scientific area. He redefined alpha just recently in the last like five years. And he's, he noticed that like, when he when he observes chimps and monkeys, it's just like the most compassionate male is the alpha, because he's the one who brings the group together. When the group is together, it has a higher chance of surviving, and that's essentially what we're trying to do here on Risky Thoughts. We're trying to bring these groups and these ideas, and we're gonna start to dive a little bit deeper into more riskier topics that are probably gonna make people angry, but it's necessary, right? to bring that group together because we're on a new frontier here, right? With AI and all these kind of existential threats coming at us and we have more division, right? So, yeah, I think we, we as a society have to do some reflecting in order as well. hundred percent. So, okay. Um, yeah, let's conclude here. Um, we'll do our typical plug here, guys, you know, check us out on Instagram at risky Yes, we are active on Twitter, but not really active, but we do have Twitter at risky thought with no plural on that one. We finally got some of these videos. Actually, I think all of our videos, our recordings anyways, are on YouTube now as well. I mean, feel free to comment there, but I am a little afraid for the first comments that we're going to get. Um, cause they yeah. may be negative, but anyway, it's YouTube's it, like a dangerous platform. Yeah. Yeah. But we're open, <laughs> but to we're it. ready for it. Yeah. And, um, thanks for listening and hopefully we'll catch you guys again next time. Yep. Thank you very much. Have a good night.